For some weeks on Sunday, we've been on the subject, and uh, I've adjusted the title here and there, but uh, right now we're calling it God's Incorruptible Word Seed. Go with me to 1 Peter 1, if you would please. 1 Peter 1, and then also we're going to look in 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Peter 1, 1 Corinthians 3. In uh, 1 Peter 1 and 23, it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Next two verses as we go. For all flesh is as grass. All the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower thereof falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Everybody say incorruptible. Incorruptible. Seed. This is what we're born again of. Let me read some of the translations uh, of that to you. In the Amplified, verse 23, says, You have been regenerated, born again, not from a, a mortal origin, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting Word of God. Weymouth translation says, You've been begotten again by God's ever-living and enduring word from a germ not of perishable but of imperishable life. He's contrasting the corruptible to the incorruptible. We don't use that word so much. We might use the word undying. Because the the word corruptible has to do with decay. It decays, it wanes, it fades, it withers, it dies. And everything in this world does. Every physical thing, every plant, every animal, our own body, every flower, every shrub, every tree... The planet itself is actually dying. So where would you get that? The scriptures. The earth itself is groaning and travailing. That's why you have such weather at times. That's why there's problems with the atmosphere. That's why there's problems with earthquakes and tsunamis. None of this is according to God's original perfect plan. Tsunamis were never God's original plan. Earthquakes, tornadoes, never, never, never. All of this is the result of man's sin and death that has entered into the world through sin. And now everything down here is groaning and travailing and hurting and aging and dying. Everything, including the planet itself. But don't despair. 
God has a plan to fix it all. Hallelujah. And for it's done, we're going to have a new heavens and a new earth wherein there is no curse, no sorrow, no dying, no hurting, no crying. We've never been in a place like that. But we're about to find out. A place where there are no cemeteries, no hospitals, no funerals, no mental institutions, no jails, no storm shelters. Don't need them. You don't need air conditioning and you don't need heat. And all the friends up north said, <laughs> this week where I was, it was 11 degrees and you come out and the windshield put it at five and we're trying to get the bags out of the car to go to the hotel and it blew the bags off the cart. The wind was blowing so hard. This is not God. It was God that we'd be there. <laughs> but these extremes in weather, you know, it irritates me when I hear people say, talking about a storm, a hurricane, a flood, whatever, an act of God. You're talking about my father. And you're telling wrong stuff on him. If it was all up to him, it'd all be perfect. Man messed it up. Not God. So there is the corruptible, but there is also incorruptible. There's a lot of folks on the planet down here, they don't believe in such a thing, but there is. You and I that are born again, that's how we got born again. By the incorruptible word seed of God. Notice with me in 1 Corinthians, if you would, 15th chapter, there's a real good uh, contrast of this, and it's a glimpse of our future. 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, 42, he said the resurrection of the dead is there going to be a resurrection of the dead? Yes, sir. According to the Bible, there is. Yes, sir. People talk about when folks die, the end. No, it ain't the end. Either way, good or bad, it's not the end. Amen. No. Death is not termination. It's not cessation. It's transition. Amen. Your spirit doesn't cease to exist. It's never going to cease to exist. You'll slip out of your body like a hand slips out of a glove. Amen. And there, there are thousands and thousands of instances where people have died and come back. And all of them say very similar things. They saw their body. Yeah. A lot of times they're at the top of the room or something at the ceiling. Hospital room, wherever they were. And they looked down and saw their body. Right. One guy said, he looked at his body and thought, man, I'm old. <laughs> You are not your body. Amen. Somebody say out loud, I am not, I am not my, body. my body. So what is your body then? It's simply the physical house you live in. 
the physical house your spirit lives in. And when you die, you'll come out of your body just like a hand comes out of a glove. And you'll still be you. Only you'll be free from the confines of the physical mortal body. Notice what he says. It is sown in what? Corruption. It is raised in what? When they put it in the grave, it was corruptible, decaying, die. It's dead, so now it's going to decay. But when it's raised, it will no longer be subject to decay or aging and can no longer die. Can't die. You know, when you realize you're going to be around forever, helps you relax. <laughs> well, I got to get down, know how much time I got left. Well, maybe in this life, but this is, this is the shortest thing we'll ever do, this life. Helps you relax. Are you a child of God? Yes. Are you born again? I am. You say it out loud. I'm going to be around. I'm going to be around forever. Forever. Thank you, Lord. Ha! Hope you just watch the rush. You know what I mean? If it takes a millennia to do something, I I got a millennia. I got time. Not down here, but down here's not all there is. This is just the beginning down here. Verse uh, 50. He said, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We can't go to the next part with these bodies the way they are. They've got to be changed. These bodies can't handle the full glory of God. They barely handle this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. It's talking about body sleep. People would call it death. We'll not all die. But we shall all be changed. And it's going to happen like this. It's going to happen quick. It's going to happen quick in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. What's a twinkling of an eye? It's like a blink in your eye. How quick was that? Blink your eye. How quick is that? For what to happen? The trumpet's going to sound. The dead are going to be raised. What? Incorruptible. And we're going to be changed. We're going to be changed. If you got some blemishes, some deficiencies, some things you don't like. Don't let it bother you. Amen. It's going to all get fixed. Amen. It's going to all get changed. All of it. All of it. When the glory of God gets through changing you, you'll be very happy. You'll be very happy with it. <laughs> I think for the first several hundred years, we'll see each other and go, whoa, you look good. You go, man, you look good too. Whoa, we look good. Never looked this good on the earth. 
Verse 53, for this what? Corruptible. What does corruptible mean? It can perish. It can die. It can fade, wane, decay. This dying, this mortal, must put on what? What does immortality mean? What does that mean? Can't die. Man, that's enough to shout about the rest of the month and the year. Can't die. We've never encountered anything physically that can't die. And you won't down here. But your spirit is already there. You've been born again. You were not. That's what, why I'm going over this. You've been born again. Not of a seed. A corruptible seed produces a corruptible fruit. An incorruptible seed produces an incorruptible fruit. And you and I were born again of an incorruptible seed. So what's born again, our spirit now, is incapable of dying. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Your body, you live long enough, your body will die. You'll slip out of it. But Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will never die. Didn't he say it in John? If you believe in me, you will never die. Do you believe in him? How many in here say, I believe in him? I believe in him. And I will never die. Not, my, not me, not the man inside this body. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. You see why I'm reading this to you? It emphasizes the contrast. The dying, the undying. The decaying, that which never decays. When this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) There's coming a time when you and I will only be able to talk about way back when we lived on the earth and stuff died. <laughs> and we'll say, aren't you glad that's behind us? Oh, yes. Woo! Yes. Yeah, change the subject. <laughs> we lived where everything died all the time. But then we'll be in a situation where nothing ever dies. The grass doesn't die. Trees don't die. Your body doesn't age. This is not a fantasy. This is the Bible we're reading. If you believe the Bible, you get happy about this. Go with me to Luke the 8th chapter. Just wanted to emphasize that a bit before we got to this. Luke 8. Down here and now, God's will and plan is that more of his incorruptible seed get in us and produce incorruptible harvests in our life here and now, and then it produces fruit even beyond this life. Luke 8, verse 1, we see what the, what's been called the parable of the uh, 
the seed or the sower. Skip down to verse uh, verse 4. We just read this just a moment ago. But when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it up. Some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. What, what determines who has ears to hear and who don't? The heart. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. A willing heart, and there's other components beside willing, but a willing heart makes a hearing ear. If you're unwilling, there are certain things you can't even hear. Verse uh, 9. His disciples asked him, what might this parable be? And he said, to you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. So again, why did they see it but didn't see it? Here, but it's a matter of the heart. The condition of the heart affects the ability of the ears. To hear or the ability of the eyes to see. Not just seeing and hearing naturally. But spiritually. Verse uh, 11. The parable is this. This is so significant and important. Put yourself in this place. Jesus preached some things. A lot of folks were scratching their head about what he preached. And after the service. His disciples came to him and said, would you explain that to us? And he does. We've got it recorded. Verbatim. (laughs) Lord, because he says, this is the kingdom. This, This explains the kingdom of God. And I'm going to explain this to you. The seed is the word of God. Say it out loud. The seed is the word of God. Come on, say it again. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word. The word is seed. Seed. We all know how seed works. Your body is sitting here because of a seed. A human seed. You'll eat today because of seed. Plant seed. Animal seed. Every tree. Every flower. Everything around here. Seed. But. There's not just natural, corruptible seed. God has incorruptible, (laughs) imperishable seed. What are his incorruptible seeds? His words. Everything that comes out of his mouth. When God speaks, it's never just to inform. When God speaks, it's never just to tell you what he thinks. Or how he's feeling. Never. When God speaks. He creates. 
When he speaks, he changes things. When he speaks, it enlightens, it enables. His commands are quickenings. His direction is empowerment. If you couldn't do a thing and he tells you to do it, now you can. (laughs) Why? Because when he told you to do it, there's power in those incorruptible seeds to enable you to do it. So when the Lord tells you to do something, never turn around and tell him you can't. Because to him it's like, I just told you. (laughs) Which means you can Because when he said light be, light bees, is. And when he tells you, do it, now you can do it. Right? You can. Why? Because the word enables you, empowers you. I know I'm being a bit repetitive on this, but the enemy doesn't want folks to get this. These words from God. Every one of them are eternal seeds. We discovered sometime back, mankind did, the power that's in an atom. Can't even see it with the naked eye. But to release the power out of that atom is immense power released. Well, the God who created it is beyond that. Right? And the planet wouldn't exist. Our star wouldn't exist. The universe wouldn't exist. None of it would exist except he spoke. The Bible said he commanded and it was done. Well, he speaks to us. And when he speaks to, we we should so hunger and desire to hear a word from him. I don't care what kind of problem you got. All you need is a word from him. It not only gives you the wisdom, the answer, the direction. It gives you all the power and ability to do it. He works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So... In this parable, there are four kinds of ground. Wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, good ground. The word, the seed is the word. The different grounds are people. And all humanity falls into these different categories of ground. We, we saw it in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, you are God's garden. You are God's tillage. Your heart and my heart is the ground that God plants his seed in. And if we'll receive it, it'll produce incorruptible fruit. But in seeing this, it's sobering. Because three out of four got no results from hearing the word. 75% of the people that heard the word 
got no results. This is sobering. But it also answers a lot of questions. I don't want to be the ones that get no results. Do you? Well, it's not just going to fall over because we wish it wouldn't be that way. We need to find out what made them bad ground and not do that. And find out what makes good ground good ground and be that. You can start out by faith, just by faith saying, I'm good ground. ground. (laughs) Our purpose, to be good ground. In fact, pray a prayer right now. Father God, God, teach me. Show me how how to be good ground. ground. It is his will. And it's not up to him. It's up to us. Whether we're wayside, stony, or thorny, or good. We looked at the wayside ground. And we saw that that seed never got in the ground with them. They didn't respect it. They trod underfoot. They walked on the word. Had no respect for it. And so they had no understanding of it. And so the enemy came immediately and stole it before it ever got in them. They heard it. It came. It bounced off their ears. But it wasn't important to them. And they lost it before it ever got in them. Somebody say, by the grace of God, not me, not me, not me. Secondly was the what? What kind of ground? Stony ground. Listen to Matthew's account in the Weist translation. Matthew 13 and 5. Because this is shared in, uh, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 5. Weist translation says, And he who was sown... Upon the shallow ground where the rock layers were near the surface where it was not having much earth. So when you hear stony ground, people tend to think ground with big rocks on it. That's not really what he's talking about. I think this describes it real well. Because other parts of the passage talk about there was no depth. Why? Because there's rock. Under, there's a little bit of soil. And then there's rock. Why didn't stony ground produce any fruit or get any results? Shallow reception is one reason. Somebody say shallow reception. reception. It was a quick reception. And that's partly good. And uh, I'll say it like this and then we'll come back over it again. But they were quick to receive, but they were also quick to quit. They received the word. Unlike the... um, Wayside ground, these people received the word. They heard the word. They liked it. They got excited about it. It said they received it immediately. They received it right away, and they received it with joy. 
This is all good. This is all good. But the Bible tells us to count the cost. What does that mean? We, we live in a, a generation that's used to instant gratification. Right? We, we got drive-through, microwave, instant messaging, you know. People are so used to texting nowadays that if they text you and you don't respond within about three seconds, <laughs> they want to know what's wrong. I heard somebody telling me they, they develop things on the website and they, they were saying if you don't get people's attention in the first few, I mean just a few seconds, people tend to go to somewhere else. And so everything's shaped toward grabbing your tiny attention span. If you, <laughs> you know, people look at something unless they go, ooh, pretty. Next. <laughs> next. 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 Thousand channels are not enough. Next. 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 That's why many people don't go to church. You mean sit still? For two hours? And just listen? With no no special effects? <laughs> We're laughing, but this is why 25% of the people that hear the word of God get no results. Why? Quick to jump on it, quick to shout, but also quick to quit. Quick to give up. We need to be those who don't just jump on everything we see and hear. I don't care if it's me preaching, who it's preaching. Don't just swallow everything you hear. And even if it's something you think, well, that, that sounds right. Take the time to dig on your own. How, what, did you hear the word dig? How do you fix stony ground? Got to dig. Is that right? You know, Branson Church. Branson area. Rocks? We got rocks, buddy. I mean, when they go to build something, you can spend more on preparing the ground than you do your building. Because the first thing you got to do, it ain't like down here at all, you got to roll out these giant hydraulic rock crushers. And they have to, you know, I mean, you can hear them miles away shattering these rocks till they dig down and get a place where they can build something because they, they just like this, they got dirt about that deep. And then is rock. And then more rock and more rock and more rock. A lot of people are this way. They got a little bit of soil and then rock. And the word of God won't bring full fruit to harvest like that. Because you've got to have roots. Somebody say roots. 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 For the word to produce in your life, 
Let me say it like this. Before there's fruit, there must be roots. Can, can you see why a lot of folks haven't seen the results they want? Because they want to go to church one time. And maybe you'll pray for me and zap me. <laughs> and then everything's wonderful for the rest of my life. Yay. <laughs> Just point and click. Boom. But like my, my father in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he used to say this often. He said, God don't have no instant pudding. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, God's pudding is made from scratch. <laughs> I stayed at my grandma's house a lot when I was a little boy. And this is, there were no microwaves, there were no mixes about anything and she'd go to start cooking you had to start you know basically right after breakfast for the midday meal break out the flour the eggs cast iron skillet you know what I'm talking about no instant anything you gotta whip this mix this bake this and Thing is, you can taste the difference too. A lot of folks, they don't know what what good vegetables are. They don't know what some good things are because it's all from some mix and powder that somebody made somewhere else and been sitting on the shelf for eight months. And and I'm glad we got something to eat, but a lot of folks don't know how real, fresh, made from scratch, homemade, well, that's all God has. Yeah. <laughs> he, he don't have any instant, just add water, pow, have it now. The way he works is light the oven, get it going, sow a seed into you. Then we got to water this thing. Come on, are you with me? Then warm it up in the presence of the Lord. Then add some more water. After a while, it starts putting roots down. You still don't see anything on top of the ground. It looks like nothing's happening, but it is. To God, 50 years is nothing. To him, a thousand years is as a day. So that would mean a century would be like an hour to him. We need to relax and think more like him and give him time to work in us and receive his incorruptible seed. So why was stony ground unfruitful? What? A quick but shallow reception. Look look with me there. You're in... uh, Luke, look in Luke 8 again, verse 6. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, what happened? As soon as it sprung up, it did what? It withered away. Why? Why did it wither away? 
Without going to it in, in Amplified, 1 Corinthians 3, where it talks about you are God's garden. Amplified says it like this. He who plants and he who waters are equal. King James says one. But the Amplified brings out that the meaning in the Greek there is, is equal. And here's a great revelation. Hallelujah. It's just as important that the seed be watered as it is that it was planted. Without water, there's not going to be any fruit produced. The seed must be watered. How how do you water the seed? You hear the same thing. You keep hearing the same thing. And and we live in such a, a mental society that people think, oh, I heard that. And so I've logged that in my mental library. I've got it. No, no, you don't. This is not just about accumulating some knowledge. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is of the heart. And it comes by hearing and hearing. By the word of God. I I saw this. uh, I had the privilege of working at Brother Hagin's ministry I mentioned in his healing school for a number of years. And uh, man, I, I ate, slept, dreamed, and breathed healing. It was healing in the morning, healing at noontime, healing when the sun went down. Because we had a class in the morning, we had a class in the afternoon. And uh, we had people there that would come from different parts of the country and other countries, given up to die, hopeless by medical science, looking for a miracle. And so after, I don't know, 17 years of this, I, it dawned on me one day, I am a healed boy. <laughs> I mean, I go, I go for years and, and not even have a symptom. I'm a healed boy. And I realized you, you, you've had the, the healing seed planted in you and watered heavily twice a day. Every, come on, can you see this, friends? Then I had a revelation. I need to feed on prosperity. Because my, my money, st- our money, if you our money stuff wasn't good. Thank God we did. We did just that. But can you see where people make a mistake? They think by hearing a message once or twice, they've got it. And they don't understand the process. This is not about you hearing something and making a few notes and mentally agreeing to that truth. It's about a living, incorruptible word getting inside you and starting to grow and starting to develop and putting roots down and then beginning to spring up and branch out and at some point There'll be fruit. What's fruit? Fruit from a healing seed is healing. I know we had somebody at the healing school. They they were giving up. No hope from medical science. They came and just stayed with us for two months. Every day they were there. Every day, every day, every day. Finally, they stood up. You could tell. You know, for a, for a while, they didn't look like they are getting any better at all. But you could tell some, something changed. And finally, they, they came and they gave the testimony. They had been to the doctor. 
got a clean bill of health. Now that's a big change. From days to live. Clean bill of health. I'd call that a miracle. And somebody asked him. What happened? What, how, how did that work? And this person said. I don't know. I, I guess I got so full of the word. That there was no more room for the cancer. <laughs> I guessed. Well, that's pretty accurate. How did they get so full? What happened over a period of months? Everybody say months, months, months. Over a period of months, this thing grew in them. But they were there hours every day. They were hearing this. It was watering it. It was feeding it. And it was growing. And it kept growing until it produced a harvest. A miracle harvest. A miracle seed produces a miracle harvest. An incorruptible seed produces an undying harvest. So why didn't stony ground get results? Why? Shallow reception. What else? Lacked moisture. Lacked moisture. Ephesians talks about the washing of the water of the word. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. How did Apollos water what Paul planted? He came behind him and taught on the same things. Different utterance, approaching it from different angles, but it watered the seed that Paul planted. How many believe that the watering is equally important to the planting? If there's no watering, even though you heard it, they heard it, got excited and received it, and then didn't get anything. My, my. What's been going on right now? (laughs) What are you doing? Glory to God. Are you going to need some more? This world is a mean, hard, dry place. You need regular watering, which is why you need to read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday. And why you need to come to church is why you need to talk about the word among your friends and keep this seed well watered. He said, Verse 13, Luke 8, 13. They on the rock, as Jesus explains this, they are they which when they hear, what happens? They receive the word with joy. That's great. That's good. But how many know you've got to have some staying power? Great to go to a good meeting. It's great to be in a good service. It's great to get excited about the word. But that's the beginning. And you got to stay with it on Tuesday afternoon when you're not still as excited. You got to stay with it three months from now, six months from now. They receive the word with joy, but what? Here's the third thing shallow reception, no depth, lacked moisture. And what else? Have no root. No root. Roots give you stability. Roots 
give you staying power. They tell us thousands of ministers quit the ministry every year in the States and other places. Thousands of churches close their door. Thousands of church-going people quit going to church. Why? Well, keep reading. They have no root. They believe for a while. And in time of temptation or test or pressure, fall away. Verse 14 goes on to the next. But uh, if you look in Matthew, it says they were offended. Somebody say offended. They were offended. So said out loud, shallow ground, ground. lacked moisture, moisture. no root, root. and got offended. offended. Now this is the things we must avoid or else we'll also be stony ground and get no results. This is why they they didn't make it. Offended, what does that mean? It means that you you feel personally insulted and injured over this. You heard the word. You prayed the prayer. You made your confessions. You shouted and got happy about it, that you're in faith, and you were for two weeks. And then somebody said something to you that you didn't like and, and the results actually look like you're further from it than when you started and you're not seeing or feeling or hearing anything that you are trying to believe for. And there is opposition to the word. This persecution and this affliction for the word's sake is designed to separate you from that seed. And it will come. I wish I could tell you, you won't have to deal with it, but you will. Because the devil hates this word seed. He knows what it can do. And if he can't get you separated from it, it'll produce fruit in this world that people can see. And people see you get healed. Get delivered and get happy and get your family in good shape and get your bills all paid. It may make them want to go to church too. And he just can't have that. So he's got to sever you from this word. How's he going to do it? How's he going to do it? Bible says persecution, affliction for the word's sake. Because of the word. And you'll have a choice. I have a choice. We'll either get hurt and offended. How many know there are millions of people who quit going to church. They got bitter at some preacher, some church, some message, and don't realize the devil just played them. And here they are broken and hurting and needing everything and bitter and blaming everybody else. But the truth is, they got a hold of some good word and then let the devil get it away from them. 
They had no root. They had no staying power. No perseverance. And when the heat came, they quit. They got offended. And they quit. You know, just because a person lets you down doesn't mean God lets you down. Just because a pastor or a church disappointed you doesn't mean the word of God failed or that God failed you in any degree. Oh, we need to have some smarts, some sense. How are you going to get a miracle when many people don't? How are you going to get results when 75% of the people that heard it won't? How are you going to get it? You're going to break out the jackhammer. Huh? We're going to break up this hard ground in our heart. Come on. And we're going to lay the water to this seed. Come on, y'all. We're going to lay the water to this seed. Why? So that it can do its miracle work. So that it can begin to germinate and expand and put us some roots down. Come on. How many want some roots? I mean... Some roots. I mean some 25 foot deep. Roots. When that hurricane came up close to us a a while back, I noticed, you know, there were some trees that went, but a lot of those trees, they had shallow roots. They had just little, is that, come on, did you see it? And then there were some trees didn't even move. Why? They got roots that go down 40 feet. In every direction. And you can blow on them all you want. And they'll just go. Is that all you got? (laughs) How many believe you can be. A righteous tree of the Lord. The planting of the Lord. And you can get to the place where he can have everybody and their brother talk about you. You can see and feel everything that don't agree with what you want and believe for. And you just go. None of these things move me. Why? Because not just a shallow reception. A deep reception. Not just a hurt at one time, a continual watering. And not no roots, deep roots. And not offended, but I love his law and word, and nothing can offend me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That will make you good ground. Yes. That produces 30, 60, 100. What are we talking about? 30 fold what? Miracles. Sixty-fold what? Miracles. Hundred-fold what? Miracles. Miracle seed produces miracle harvests. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise God. I got to point one. (laughs) So uh, be sure and come back. (laughs) Praise be to God. Thank you. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. We worship you. We thank you. We worship you. We thank you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Praise, 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 praise. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Phyllis, would you please come? And let's uh, give folks an opportunity that haven't received this incorruptible seed to do so right now. Thank you, Lord. You know, as he was talking about that, the Lord showed me we have a choice. You know, a lot of people, this is their lives. They come to church on Sundays, and we see it a lot. Um, They're here, and they're that quarter inch of what the person around them sees. And it just dawned on me as he's talking about that, a lot of people right underneath that surface are that hard rock that they don't really want anybody to see. But the Lord said, we have a choice about how quickly we can change. Just as he was saying that with that jackhammer. You can take that jackhammer out in your life, and you can get this word in your life, and you can jackhammer out everything in your life as quickly as you want to change, and get as much dirt in there as you want in there. As quickly as you want it in there. And your life can change. Your finances can change. Your health can change. Your marriage can change. Your kids can change. Your whole world can change. You see it all the time. I know. The reason that I know is because that was one of the things that Keith and I did. We didn't do anything but get a tape recorder out. And we started listening to the word night and day. And it changed our lives. Then he kept on talking and he started talking about the washing of the water by the word. And the Lord said, R, you can get the word and you'll change. But it'll be a gradual change. And we've talked about this before. Like those river rocks. They're stone and they're hard. But they do change. But it takes a lot longer for them to change. And it just depends about how much water flows over them. Do you understand that? He's talking about the watering of the word. It just depends about how much word flows over your life as to how much you're going to change. If just a little bit of word flows over your life, Things in your life are just going to change just like that river rock is just going to change just a little bit. Do you see the picture of it? But if there's a big river and a torrent of a river of the word flowing over your life, it's going to start softening those rough edges in your life. It's going to start changing those things in your life. It's going to start changing things around you. So it just matters how much you want your life to change and how quickly you want more soil in your life or you want more rock in your life. How much word you put in your life. Does that make sense to you? He gave me that illustration while he was teaching over there just a minute ago. So you make the choice in your life. Take the jackhammer out. Get that stuff out as quick as you can and your life will change. Or you can do it slowly. If you don't like any pain, you don't like any suffering, you don't like jackhammers, you like peace and quiet, you'll just lay back and let God just wash you with the word. Gradual. Just take a little bit longer. It's your choice. But you will change. You will change. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge 
by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.